Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 230 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi, guys. How are we doing today, Lauren? We're good. It's sunny outside. Um, there's nothing else really going on. Um, I mean, I've done a, I've just had a really crazy week because I did uh, Women in Games, which is a conference dedicated to women in games, <laughs> women in the video games industry. And I got to interview a lovely lady named Tara Mustafa, who um, heads Code Coven, which is a program to um, enhance uh marginalized people's uh skills to help them get into the games industry and it was really cool i mean there's been a lot of initiatives taking place um helping women and um marginalized people to just get into the industry um so yeah it's it's been really it's been really good yeah the talk was really popular as well Mm. from what i saw yeah um it was really cool i think everybody's just always interested in ways in which everybody is trying to help make the video games industry a better place especially after like sort of recent events with certain companies that are um not really not really doing so well (laughs) no but um yeah it was it was a really cool conference and i definitely think like if you're a woman and you're um and you're interested in uh sort of joining the industry like women in games is a great way to find out more information on how to get in you should also listen to lauren's podcast which is called she plays games because she talks to loads of people including uh people at square enix yeah yeah uh lauren hunter i interviewed from square enix and son chow from square enix as well um yeah it's been really cool yeah, I mean it's uh, it's been a pretty productive week, and yeah, like the the weather has picked up. It's the last hurrah that we always get right at the end of summer before we go into autumn heat wave. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's like where did this come from? And that could be something that we're going to talk about today. Where do these things come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because ideas. Where do they yeah, come from? They just appear. The Final Fantasy sixteen rumors are picking up steam again. Mm-hmm. This has been happening pretty Every much, single event. Yeah, like <laughs> for the last three or four months, I mean, even before that, there have been so many rumors flying around about Final Fantasy 16 relating to who's working on it, who's directing it. And some of these rumors started to pick up a bit more steam in recent times because of the announcements and people actually speaking to Yoshida about his involvement or not a uh, lack of involvement with the project. So today we are going to be running through... What's actually been going on? Will we see anything on Wednesday, as in tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Tuesday? And uh, if we do see something, why? We, why will we? Why will we? Why will we be seeing something? Mm. I can't speak. Apparently, you got this, Daryl. You got this. I need you to focus on me, Lauren. Focus your energy. You're okay. Am I? Yes. We're going to make it through this. I hope so. It's a it's a difficult subject. And um, it's one that we've been talking about a lot because we did a podcast actually not too long ago. I think it was like a couple of months ago relating to that interview that Yoshida did. And then they had that other interview they published, but with the guy who they'd hired from Capcom where they were talking about the battle systems coming in. Um, So yeah, there's just, there's been loads of stuff happening and it's, it's kind of coming to a head, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say. Yeah. 
I'm I'm just it's hard because we're at the stage now where there's not really anything that we we know that there's obviously things on the horizon, but we don't know enough information about them in order to speculate accurately. Because like Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two is definitely on the horizon, but it's probably nowhere near where it needs to be pr- for them to promote it. Who knows? And um, Final Fantasy Sixteen, there were rumors that it was attached to that like tech demo that they had, but who knows? There was rumors that it could be Agni's philosophy, but who knows? Like it's just. Square Enix is just a company right now that is summed up by the phrase, who knows? Yeah, because like, I don't think that there's going to be much Kingdom Hearts stuff on the horizon, if any. Outside of the game that's coming out in two months? Well, Dark Road, yeah. No, 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 not that game. Which one? The the Melody of Memories. Oh, the the singing, the song one? Yeah, the music rhythm game, but it's got story in it. Oh... I didn't realize it had story in I it. I believe it has. Like Kyrie is a focus on Kyrie. Of course they would. Everything that they do, they're just going to be like, you don't actually like this game. This game is not marketed to you, but you need to play it in order to get the story, which you will be confused by. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right now, though, we're going to do our Patreon shout outs and we're going to kick things off with Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Theron Bullen at Massacre 23. Fayez Bilal. Lewis James. Zach Duranto. Rachel Casterton at Urbion Ray. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Ryzen. Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namjian. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Miles Ribbons. Chris Pope at Dr. Pop 181. Freya Stella. Flip Sudness. Tom Hughes at Tom underscore Hughes 22. Yam Potato. Noah Luttrell. Mitch Elliott. Sam Ennis. Tim Michael Verne at Phoenix02SA. Joshua Johnson at The Cancer Boss. Lauren Luscombe. Chris Willis. And Marco Lulu. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Okay, so these rumors about Final Fantasy 16 have cropped up again because Sony has just announced they are doing a brand new showcase for the PlayStation 5 that is going to be happening on the 16th of September. And they've said it will feature... Updates on the latest titles from Worldwide Studios and our world-class development partners. Mm. That could mean a lot of things. Yeah. Because they've done some uh, state of plays where they've talked about updates on the smaller titles from the PlayStation 5 showcase that happened in June. They do say updates, but I think there is quite an expectation based on some of the other things they'd said earlier on in the year that they I mean basically a load of journalists have been saying that Sony still have plenty of titles to show for mm-hmm. the PlayStation 5 that they that were not in that initial showcase that were exclusives there was loads of stuff coming out about how they've been going really aggressive on sealing third party deals and because this is updates from their worldwide studios which is obviously their first party studios like Naughty Dog and Insomniac but also the world-class development partners. I don't think that's really talking about independent games when they reference that. Like, mm. I mean, what independent games companies are can be classified as world-class, but I think if they're putting out that messaging out there, the expectation that world-class is like AAA, mm-hmm. top-tier titles that are going to get people going, okay, wow. I need this system. Yeah, And the timing is, is pretty apt. I mean, Xbox have just done the 
the announce kind of forced announce of the Xbox Series S. Mm-hmm. How do you think of the naming? This is really confusing. <laughs> I um, know. Which they have basically said it's going to be uh, kind of an entry level console for the next generation that I guess is marketed towards uh, more kids who don't want the higher spec system. It has it's basically an Xbox One X, but with uh, lower hardware requirements. And so it's going to be able to play the same next generation games, but they won't look as good. So it's not going to have true 4K. I think it's going to have upscaled 4K. Doesn't have as much RAM. Um, basically, yeah, it's it's not as good, but it's not going to cost as much, and it's mm. also discless. I think it's going to cost like half, just just over half the price mm. of the Xbox One X. I think the pre-orders for that are happening on the twenty second of September. So, and that was supposed to be revealed this week, last week, whatever the whatever the week that it got revealed, it was supposed to be the week after. Mm. So, Sony and Microsoft are in this constant like game of like who's going to blink first. Microsoft were forced to because it got leaked. The price got leaked, the reveal of the Xbox One S, which was kind of like this secret that everyone knew about, um, also got leaked. So they just said, you know what, let's just let's just reveal it. Screw mm. the screw the big marketing campaign we had planned. Let's just get it out there, see what happens. Um but yeah, obviously the showcase for Sony, they're trying to pit themselves up against that. They're trying to get obviously get people's attention uh, back on them, and to do that, they're going to have to have to have they're going to have to have some big games. Mm-hmm. And we know that they've already shown off some big games during that first showcase, like um, Spider Man, Ratchet and Clank, Horizon, Bug Snacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited for Bug Snacks, obviously. But, um, but yeah, um, I mean, I guess it's kind of the issue that they have now with um not having big events really like i feel like it's all kind of unorganized and scattered like when do we announce what oh well we'll have this event and this event and this event like it feels really really weird like there's just constant a constant flow of information but it almost kind of feels overwhelming and i just I don't know. It just it just feels like it's spread out and like I don't know what's going on when. Yeah, normally with the uh the normal structure, there would be the events at E3, Gamescom, TGS. Mm. Sony have typically skirted around that though, and obviously with State of Play, they've done kind of the smaller mini events in between. But obviously we didn't have E3 in the same way this year. There was no Gamescom in the traditional sense either, and Tokyo Game Show is going to be a digital showcase as well. So it's and Sony basically said they weren't going to be attending any of these anyway. Mm. So it has opened things up a bit more. And as you said, like it's it's meant that it's been harder to signpost when these things are going to happen. Um, PlayStation 5 information has been like basically dripping out of everywhere and there's leaks coming. We don't know when the release date still is for the PlayStation 5. We don't know how much it's going to cost. Yeah. At the moment, it's being rumored that it's going to cost like uh, £450 or $500 and it's going to come out on the 13th or the 20th of November. Mm. We don't know. We'll probably find out on the 16th of September because they kind of have to now that Microsoft have said their stuff. Yeah. But I think based on the stuff that they said is going to be shown the, with that loose one-liner, it has made it interesting because, yeah, the rumor mill has started up again and Final Fantasy 16 is one of the games that is really being touted around. Mm-hmm. And there's there's reasons for this. So basically, 
with the first showcase, there was um, some industry insiders on kind of the forums like um, NeoGAF, uh, Reset Era, and like 4chan and stuff. Obviously, there's all these leaks that always come out beforehand about everything that's going to be shown. But there was one, uh, one or two people that pretty much got the showcase right, like mm. almost completely accurate, including the appearance of Project Athia that no one knew about. Yeah. And um, there was that big rumor that we covered, I think, three months ago, where they said that it was going to be Project Athia, which was going to be called Agnes something or other. I can't remember the name they had. And Final Fantasy sixteen. And the the um, the big leak before pretty much um, outlined the entire press conference that they showed, the digital showcase. All Every single game was on there, but there were two unaccounted for things that they said were going to be there that weren't. One of them was the exclusivity of Spider-Man mm. in the PlayStation version of the Avengers, which happened later. Mm. And the other was Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah. So they were the two things that just completely missed out that were were in this prediction that got everything else right. Yeah. And it they've it's it's come out since basically that um people are some of the insiders who were kind of aligned with this were were kind of sticking the neck out saying, Yeah, it's gonna be announced, it's gonna be announced, and then it didn't happen. And so they were then saying, Well, we don't know what happened. They yeah. know why Square Enix changed their mind. And it could have been because those rumors started coming out about Final Fantasy 16 and about uh, Project Athia. And they thought, you know, we can't do both of these because then that validates the leaks. Mm-hmm. Let's just do one at this point. We'll save the other one up for another point. And then, of course, people started to look at the next event because Sony had alluded to there being a second showcase at some point because, as I said earlier, they hadn't announced all the games that were going to get be coming from their third party studios mm-hmm. square enix then in late june said in their um earnings reports that because e3 was cancelled they were supposed to be having a press conference that they were going to be announcing several new games in july and august hmm. but they didn't crickets they only announced balan wonderworld uh just on the eve of the xbox one uh, third party showcase Mm-hmm. I think it was a third party showcase, whatever showcase they had second. And uh, that's the game that's being made by Yuji Naka, who was uh, one of the principal people that came up with Sonic. And it looks it looks cool. Um, yeah, it looks I a mean, bit sassy. It, I don't think it's going to be like a system seller or anything. No, nah, but, you know, but that, it looks very Sonic. Like the style is very, yeah. you can tell the Sonic influence. I mean, as far as I'm aware, that's the only game they've, they've announced mm. in the last two months, unless I've missed something. And... Um, Maybe they've done some mobile games that we missed out. I know the Dragon Quest Walk. I don't know when they announced that. That's just come out. But instead, they pretty much just focused their efforts on making sure that Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition released. <laughs> and um, they've been doing some promotion around the Avengers. I think they did like something called a War Table. Um, and they've been building up to the launch of Kingdom Hearts, Melody of Memories, mm-hmm. and Outriders. Mm. And even Melody of Memories, that kind of got leaked beforehand. They, they've been kind of playing catch-up and... Uh, yeah, so I think I think people in the Kingdom Hearts community are quite excited about it because it's a music rhythm game, uh, similar to Theatrhythm, yeah, but with not not on a handheld not on a handheld system, yeah. But it, yeah, like there were no massive games they kind of announced, and in some of the other ones that we knew were supposed to be coming, like Babylon's Fall, basically just fell by the wayside. There was an announcement on their Twitter account saying 
yeah, we know we were going to announce some stuff this summer, but we're not <laughs> now. Um, but it is scheduled to appear at TGS, though, so I don't know what's happening there. Yeah. It's all been just pretty odd. Yeah, it's really strange. I mean, I don't know who is the one who's, like, dropping the ball here with regards to Square Enix stuff, or if they're just deciding behind the scenes that, like, we're not ready to do this. But it's just... It just seems strange how unorganized they just feel (laughs) yeah everything just seems really shrouded in secrecy like much more so than normal like square usually have quite a few things on the horizon especially square next japan i mean like over the last couple of years there have generally been four or five final fantasy games in like upcoming that we've known about in some Mm. shape or form that has either been teased or officially announced at the moment, we have the 7 Remake Part 2. Mm. That's pretty much it. And from Square Enix Japan, outside of that, we know there's Kingdom Hearts game coming. And um, we know that Babylon's Fall is coming out. There's there's near version 1.2. But there's not too much going on like in terms of fresh new properties. No. And I'm wondering if it is because of the PlayStation 5. Like Babylon's Fall, I guess, is a, a good example where it probably started off as a PlayStation 4 game. Mm-hmm. And once they learn more about release schedules and the capabilities and stuff, they've probably decided that it makes sense to do it as a PlayStation 5 game instead. Yeah, maybe. But um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It just brings us back to Final Fantasy 16 because yeah. it, it has continued to persist. And it's not really been helped by Square Enix either, because even though they're being very quiet about what's going on and just trying to distract us with memes about Final Fantasy VII Remake, they have registered two Twitter accounts, one called Final Fantasy Sixteen underscore JP and one called Final Fantasy Sixteen underscore EN, and they were both registered in the middle of August. Mm-hmm. We also know, um, and we're not going to say more about it, but... We know they've been acquiring other properties related to Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. And as they always say, like, there's no there's no smoke without fire. Yeah. Like, Square Enix would not be doing these things if there was not something happening. And yeah. it's difficult to tell whether or not it's imminent. To be honest, though, it gets really kind of tiresome. Like, I hate how... I hate how it has become this thing now where, like, they have to... They have to get specific handles for specific games. Like it's just getting a bit silly now, isn't it? Like how many how many accounts you need to follow in order to follow certain certain games, and then you sort of think like when it comes out, it's just kind of like okay, what's the use of you now? There's no use of you. Yeah, like I mean the they've Final ended Fantasy up repurposing 7, ones, haven't they? Like the, the Final yeah. Fantasy Seven one, I think that was started off as a promotional account for G-Bike. And then they repurposed it into the one for 7 Remake. It's like the Discords now. Like, Discord is just getting ridiculous where they're just like, every game has to have its own Discord. It's like, why don't you just have a Square Enix one? Surely that's a lot easier. But it's just, I guess it's not focused, right? If you're... Yeah. Because Square... I guess it's no different from us with the way we do our YouTube channel, right? Yeah. We, we, We cover the entire franchise, but we know that there are certain games that appeal to certain segments of the fan base. And... Even even having us as a general Final Fantasy thing, if we put out something about Final Fantasy XII, we know that only a, 
a, a percentage of our audience is going to care. Yeah. There is no game that we can talk about that every one of our subscribers we know is going to be interested in. It's true. It's true. It just seems so saturated now. But either way, like that's a that's more of an aside. Um, but with Final Fantasy 16, it's just hard because like I have no clue. We don't have any clues as to what what anything is on. And I really hope that they can find a way to make it easier to get the information to us in the future about it. Like it's it's really annoying how closed off they all are. Like they just don't take the time to localize things for the rest of the globe. And I just think that that's really hindering them a lot. Yeah, I mean, they've. They, I think Final Fantasy fifteen they they did a decent job with it, mm-hmm. but I, it's. I guess it's hard, right? Because when most of the most of the, the way they feed their information out, when they do official press releases, fine. That generally gets localized, and everything gets sent out at the same time. Yeah, it's when they do interviews. Yeah, and we know that Square Enix historically will do interviews with Japanese publications because it's easy. They're, yeah. right, they're right nearby and for them to speak to western publications it has to be aligned with something else they're doing yeah so a press tour or an event like e3 and i guess the i guess the um i guess it's a bit of an entitlement mm-hmm. in, in some ways um because i guess so when they were doing final fantasy 15's promotion they knew like the tabata and a fuji they knew kind of how to to make sure this this problem that we're referring to here, whether you get the different pockets of information and that different audiences know about, they knew how to get around that. And mm-hmm. I, I specifically remember that they they kind of partnered with Famitsu on mm-hmm. their interviews, and they made sure that whenever Famitsu did interviews, they were always there was always an English version of those interviews so that yeah. no one was was locked out. Yeah. If there was something in that interview that they wanted people to know about. Yeah. And I remember like, the, say with the um, interview that Tabata did with uh, Sakaguchi, all in, the whole thing was translated into English. Like Famitsu even had a whole English section on their Japanese website specifically dedicated to Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah. They haven't done anything like that with Seven. If anything, they've made it worse. It's much more close-minded. Like yeah. the Ultimania is is completely in Japanese. Like a lot of the law stuff is in there that's kind of locked out. Um, if you don't go on Twitter and you don't see fan translations, which is just like it really is really it's infuriating because of the fact that like you think they aren't the only non-English speaking company out there that are making games. CD Projekt Red, I mean, obviously things are different in Poland because there's a lot of people who do know, there's probably a lot more people who do know English over there. But they are a Polish company. They are able to release games in English. They are really able to release content in English. They know the importance of it because they know that the audience that they're targeting is the West. They also have a Japanese division now who work pretty closely with the Polish studio, I believe. So... It's been 30 years. I'm sorry, but it it is kind of getting a bit old now. The fact that there is still this language barrier. Like, I mean, I know that that comes off as entitled for an English speaking thing. It wouldn't, I wouldn't feel this way if they were focusing on just a Japanese market. Like, I would not feel that way. But we know for a fact that 
Square Enix is constantly trying to target. They, you can see it in the evolution of their games in that they are trying desperately to be a more Western type of company. They're trying to appeal to a Western audience. And it's just kind of like, you know, come on. Like, yeah, I just... guess because like Yakuza, right? We know that the Western releases are pretty much an afterthought. Mm-hmm. They don't do huge amounts of marketing promotion uh, for the Western releases. And the expectation isn't really there because of that. Yeah. But as you said, Square Enix, they are desperate to try and appeal to North Americans and Europeans, English speaking countries. Mm-hmm. But from a, from a marketing perspective, we're generally an afterthought. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, like I don't technically care too much about that. Often I actually like to not have too much revealed in the build-up. And I remember Advent Children just really turned me off because they basically revealed the whole film beforehand. Yeah. But like it's it's the stuff afterwards, yet like the Ultimanias. Yeah. It would not have been very difficult for them to... Um, hire base, somebody. Yeah, hire like Bent Stuff, do the English localization. Dark Horse, just work alongside them to do the English one straight away. Like I know it's like a... It's not a small book. It's like 600 pages. But... If you have a team of people working on that, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It might take a couple of weeks from the translator. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't, I don't get why they want us to be blindly following them, but get really closed off when we want more information. And it's just kind of like, you just like, I I don't, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't really know what to do about it, you know? Like, it's it's really, like, it's hard because, yeah, like, I don't want to come off as being entitled, but, like, it's also just kind of frustrating because it's just dangling this carrot. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, you're going to come across as entitled, yeah. but they've created the expectation. Yeah, it's just because, like, you know... I love this game and maybe it should be a case of like, I should learn Japanese because I love the game so much. Um, and but it's, it's yeah. more like you come into my house. Yeah, I know. It's, it's the thing. Like it should be on me to learn Japanese, right. To, in order to appreciate it. But like, it's just, it's just, it's so hard to learn, to learn Japanese when you're not in a Japanese speaking country and you have two children at home and stuff. I mean, I I could, I guess. But I don't, I don't think the expectation is there in that regard because they translate the game into English. Yeah, like it's just yeah, it's just it's just a bugbear of mine and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for coming off on title. <laughs> entitled. It's just but it I is think- a thing though. Like I mean, you think about how much effort like how much effort Hideo Kojima puts into his games to make them appeal to a Western audience and then actually like respects a Western audience. He manages to respect each of the audiences. Yeah. Like, his games are very Japanese, but he also makes them appealing to Westerners. Yeah. And I said, uh, I feel as though Tabata did a good job at Tabata embracing did a great job. cultures around the world. Uh, like, I mean, it's a shame. Active reports were always localized when they went live, pretty it's, much. It's a shame that his... It's a shame because the game that he was representing was not his. And if it was, I think it would have been a lot better. Um, but like, yeah, I think as far as connecting the, connecting the Western fans with the information... He did a fantastic job. He did a great job at building community. Yeah. Fantastic like, job at building community. Yeah. Um, but 
But yeah, but so yeah. getting back to 16, <laughs> I think the point there is that if they if it is announced on Wednesday or or um in the near future, like it would just be nice if the marketing efforts and and the what they push out is is more consistent. Mm-hmm. I just I don't want actually this is uh, going to contradict what we were just saying, but I don't want another Cindy Sin, uh, Sydney situation and stuff yeah. like that to come out where. I mean, that one was basically a mistake, right? Someone yeah. made a mistake and then they were like, well, we've got to stick with this now. Yeah. But like, why? Like, why? I, I don't know. I like, mean, it's just so... T- I hate this whole like power struggle of like, oh, well, this person said this, so we can't appear to be wrong. You can appear to be wrong. Just say sorry and then say it's actually this. Why do you have to say, oh, my God, our reputation's on hand. God forbid we're wrong. Well, you've had a pretty few embarrassing moments over the last few years. Like, I'd rather you be wrong and admit it and say sorry and correct yourself than just ignore it and leave it as wrong. It's just, it's just uh. so stupid. But yeah, but. so going back to the whole Square Enix like to throw fuel on the fire, Shinji Hashimoto, everyone's favorite, yeah, always out down for a good troll. He also retweeted Sony's announcement of the upcoming showcase, and mm. he generally only does that if, if there's something, happening. yeah, if there's something related to what he looks after that's going to be shown because yeah. it's a nice little preview. Please be excited, guys. Yeah. We don't know if that means anything big is going to be shown. It could mean that they're just going to announce that 7 Remake is going to be enhanced for the PlayStation 5. Yeah. And that would be... Which is still weird that they haven't announced yet. Yeah. If they are actually going to do it. Who knows? I don't even know. I mean, like, we still haven't received a patch yet. No. There's been no word about any downloadable content. We haven't really received too much information about the game at all, other than Kataze saying, still on development schedule despite COVID yeah all good Woo. um so yeah i mean like i don't know if they even have time to work on the enhancements for the playstation 5 yeah but also with the 16 so tgs is going to coming up at the end of the month mm-hmm. uh, i think it will have wrapped up by the time the next podcast comes out um it's quite weird it's so late in the month this time he's usually kind of in the middle mm-hmm. but square enix have got like three days worth of stuff planned on their streaming and uh, kind of like an ode to the old Square Enix Presents. Mm. But they do have an hour-long segment dedicated to coming soon. <laughs> Every single other segment has been announced, mm. apart from one. And uh, that's going to be... It's going to be interesting to see what that is. That, that may be given a name soon. <laughs> we'll mm. see. Um, they've also done some really funny ones for Nier uh they've they've had a segment that's called something like um in uh it's dedicated to showing off some information and then there's another press conference that's dedicated to not showing off much information (laughs) they just give such sassy names (laughs) um but yeah i guess we did kind of mention crystal chronicles what about it um there's gonna be a patch coming out Mm, so what is that patch supposed to fix? So the on? patch is supposed to... They're going to be adding skippable cutscenes uh, towards good, going into boss fights and collecting the myrrh. And um, they're going to be fixing some glitches. But I think that's pretty much it. That's all yeah. they've said. And like Australia basically can't play the game multiplayer at yeah. the moment. Hopefully they fix that soon if they haven't already. Yeah, Crystal Chronicles, it's... I, I don't mind it. I'm just... I'm just a bit 
bummed that it's like that it's not released as well as I would have hoped it would be. Yeah, because basically with the way that we're playing the game, we're doing each dungeon twice so that Lauren yeah. also has progress. We're we're inflating the experience and it kind of makes you lose a bit of momentum. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we've done this dungeon. We're going to go on to the next year now. Yeah. Well, I'm going on to the next year. I know. That's what's so annoying is that like, you know, Daryl has to go through his whole year spiel and basically I can't enjoy mine because I'm just kind of like, well, I've already watched Daryl's. So why should I do this again? And um, going through the Mer stream is just a painful experience. It's just painful. I just hate having to carry the chalice through a river, go to a dungeon, change my element, and then go through this immerse stream with my thing to just be blown back and then have to keep on going through the immerse stream. I wish they would make that skippable. It was more fun as multiplayer because you get to like push each other around and like everyone has to try and stay in the stream because it speeds up and slows down, doesn't it, when Mm. you're like pushing through? Yeah. But for me, it's just like, this is just a boring loading screen. I'm just walking. Boring. Boring. But, um, and then also the the Moogle, the fact that you can't get the Moogles. So we have to do it a third time. You have to do the dungeon a third time by yourself in order to actually get the Moogle stamps. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's good, though. Yeah, like it's, it's cute. Good. It's just not. It's just not what 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 it should. It be. could be better, and that is like the theme of Square Enix at the moment. It's good, but it could be so much better. Yeah, I think that's the Avengers summed up to a T yeah. from what I've seen. Yeah. But with oh, that man. positive note, I think we're gonna call it a day. Okay. Who knows? Um, very very soon we may have the announcement of Final Fantasy 16 on our hands, and yeah. we'll all be going crazy about how amazing it looks and how how like whatever playstation 5 final fantasy mm. again i'm just sorry guys i'm so i'm i'm behaving so we were entirely. saying how it's been a while since you've got on your soapbox and had a rant I, no i just it is i just don't know what their motivations are and i really kind of hope that japan does better in the future with regards to um how they promote their games and there how go. they don't be sorry just do better just get better yeah yeah so with that i think it's time to wrap it up the next episode yeah. is going to come on the 29th of september until then be sure to check out all our old episodes on finalfantasyunion.com and remember if you enjoy what we do then feel free to support us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash union. for now though it's time for us to say goodbye bye hopefully by the next time we speak we will have a new game to talk yes. about. Yes, that would be nice. All right, guys, I'm Dara saying goodbye. This has been a Final Fantasy Union.com production.